Uh, hey, Two Cities family, Pastor Kyle here, and I am actually at my home. I'm actually in my basement in my home office, and this is where I've written almost every sermon for the last seven years. And one of the things I want to say, even just at the beginning, is thank you for the privilege and opportunity and blessing of getting to come down here every morning and spend the first part of my day preparing and studying God's word to preach and teach it to you. It's a great honor. So, well, guys, here we are. We are in the middle of the biggest transition in the history of our church so far. While we're filming this uh, and having an online-only week, our staff is busy transitioning everything from our Northwest uh, campus to our new home on Patterson Avenue. And I just want to tell you, I am so excited and eager for you to get on this property. Uh, next weekend, come early, pray over the property, make sure you get there to see the lobby and check your kids in and find a great seat and bring someone with you. It's going it's to be an incredible time together. Uh, I just need to remind us one more time. Uh, you hear me say this all the time that the building is a means to a greater end. Buildings have never reached people for Jesus. People reach people for Jesus. And so we think of this building as an enormous blessing and tool and simply a facility to facilitate ministry. So I say all that, as I say all that, um, turn to Luke 14. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing is trying to figure out what would be the best parable to talk about uh, as we transition. And it's really a parable on inviting. In Luke 14, I'll just give you the background. Jesus is invited to dinner by this religious leader. And as you know, Jesus is a dangerous person to invite to dinner. He's going to uh, disrupt and ask difficult questions and uh, point out things and make people feel uncomfortable. And, and I won't read you the first uh, 11 verses of chapter 14, but just know Jesus is at dinner asking a bunch of uncomfortable questions. Uh, like basically, hey guys, why are there only religious people here? Do you care about the hurt? You know, the hurting, the broken, the needy, all of that. But I want to pick up, uh, it, this is the parable of the great banquet. I want to pick up in Luke 14, verse 12. If you'll, if you'll look here with me, here's what it says. Um, he said also to the man who had invited him. So imagine saying this to the leader, the religious leader of the day, who's at the head of the table, who invited you to come over for dinner. He says, uh, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers, or your relatives, or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. He says, but when you give a feast, he says, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Jesus basically looks around the table and says, hey, listen, uh, there are people uh, that are missing that should be here. And, and I hope that, by the way, every time you come to Two Cities and you're part of one of our worship services, while you're singing or worshiping or listening to the preaching or whatever it is, that you, I know I have this moment oftentimes while I'm singing, I think about somebody that I know and love, maybe someone who's far from God and close to me, who should be there but isn't. And maybe God might use me to invite them to be a part of what God's doing. Well, anyway, Jesus says these things. It makes people feel uncomfortable. So look what happens in verse 15. Look what this guy says. Verse 15, we don't know who, who says this, but when one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Okay, obviously this guy wasn't gluten-free, right? <laughs> uh, th th this guy, I, I, he's trying to cut the, you know, break the ice. He's, he's uncomfortable. So he makes, you know, what he makes a religious statement. But look what happens here. It says this, uh, but he, this is Jesus, said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Okay, stop for a second. I want you to know this, and I want you to see this arise right out of Scripture. Here's what I want you to see. That Jesus is going to talk about the kingdom of God, or you might say heaven, or we could say salvation. Those are things 
I'm using those synonymously in this in this uh, conversation. He talks about them as a feast and as a party and as a banquet. I mean, I don't know how you think about heaven. Most people think about heaven as a very long, boring church service, maybe with lots of singing. Or other people have a view of being, uh, a, a, you know, a a baby in a diaper on a cloud playing a harp. I don't know how we got these ideas of heaven, but heaven and therefore salvation is talked about as an enormous party in which God pays for everything. See, every other religion says you've got to pay for it. Every other religion, karma says, you know, you better do more good than bad or else it's going to come and haunt you. You know, and Islam says you got to do the five pillars and, and modern secular people say you need to buy, you know, an electric car and recycle and, uh, you know, ride your bike and, and, and buy organic. I mean, we all have these things that we have to do to be a good person to so that God will, you know, pay us back. Okay, so... What makes Christianity different, we see it right here, is God is the owner who throws a massive party, says, listen, I'm paying for everything. I paid for it with the blood of my own son, and I'm a generous God. I'm a giver and a forgiver, and I'm going to invite you. So this is how it all starts. It starts with an invitation. By the way, this is why I thought this was a great passage for us to talk about today because Christianity, the kingdom of God, is all about inviting people to take their next step on their spiritual journey. Yes, we go and tell. Of course we do. We live on mission where we live, learn, work, and play. But every go and tell eventually becomes a come and see. Come and see. Do a Bible study with me. Come and see my my family at... Uh, come to my house. Uh, come and see my church, maybe, you know? Anyway, so what I want you to see is what happens here. <clears throat> it says this, but verse 16, or I'm sorry, verse 17. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. If you look at verse 16, there's an invitation. And then if you look at verse 17, there's an invitation. See, back then, like we do today sometimes, they send out two invites. They'd send out an early, think of it as a save the date. It was written, it was formal, it came in advance, it gave kind of a general idea of when the party would happen. And people would respond to that. And that's how you knew, okay, I gotta buy this many goats or this many, you know, sheep or this many animals or this have this much food and drink and this many tables and you had to prepare, okay? So once you sent out the formal written invite, later, right before the party, you would send out a personal urgent invite. Do you see do you see how this is the same today? God gives us a formal written invite in the Old and New Testament. And then you and, and I, we come alongside that formal invite and say, look, hey, look what God has done here. I would like to personally invite you. So 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 far so good, right? Who who would say no to this party? It, it's a huge party. God throws and uh, he invites many. Now look what it says here. Verse 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. So here's what happens. When you invite somebody to take their next spiritual step to follow Christ, most likely what you're going to get is an excuse. And sometimes it's not really the real reason. It's the polite reason. It's the nice no. It's the domesticated reason. It's the maybe later, uh, maybe at another point in time. Uh, that's not for me. It's the very nice no. Look what happens here. So he gets excuses. But they all, like verse 18, began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field and I must go and see it. Look how nice he is. Please have me excused. Now we know this is an excuse because who would buy a field before they ever even looked at it? Here's what the field represents and it holds many people back from taking their next step to follow Jesus. The field represents our current responsibilities and our future opportunities. How many people they are so overwhelmed with the present 
and the temporal and the physical, that they have no mindset or heart for the eternal and the spiritual. Well, he says, I've got a field. Okay, so that's the first guy, but we get three excuses. The second excuse says, another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Now, who would buy oxen without examining them first? No one would do that. Please have me excuse. He's so polite. So the first person, it's their responsibilities, right? It's how busy their family is. It's their career. It's all of that. For the second person, it's their material possessions, right? One of the hard things in life that, that Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament teaches us is that the more you have, the more you have to take care of. And the more you have, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the more you have to lose. And so many people, they are so consumed with the accumulation of stuff that they never think about their soul or their spiritual condition. So we've got the field and we've got the oxen. And then the last one I think is a very common excuse we see today. Look here, verse 20. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I can't come. Now he doesn't say, please have me excused, but he says, I can't come. Now, come on, which guy who's newly married, which, which husband and wife who usually most newly married men and women don't have a lot of money, who doesn't want to get dressed up with their new spouse and head to a massive free party? So here's, here's the excuse here, and this is very common. People use a romantic relationship as the reason. It's really the reason they haven't taken the next step, or they say, it's the stage of life I'm in. How many young people say, I'll follow Christ when I get older? or I'll follow Christ when I get married, or a very common one is I'll follow Christ once we have kids because I want them to have a walk with God, but right now I won't. The only problem with that is over time, our heart tends to get harder. And this is why Jesus says, or, or the Bible says in the Old Testament, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Okay, so here's all the excuses. I got, you gotta see this. Verse 21, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. By the way, a party is all about the honor and respect of the person throwing it. So he throws a huge party, he pays for everything, and then some, everyone says, I'm not going to come. So he's dishonored, and therefore you'll see angry. Look here. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the streets and lanes of the city. That's the busy part of the city. And bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. That would be true physically as well as spiritually. He's saying, find people who know they're spiritually needy and spiritually sick. See, our job is not so much as Christians as we're going out there and preaching the gospel and sharing the story of Christ and inviting people to take their next step with God. Our job is not so much to discover, or sorry, to create spiritual interest. We, we can't do that. We're not, we can't play JV Holy Spirit. Our job is to discover spiritual interests. Where is God at work and how can I join him there? And, and so where is he at work? Among the people who know they're spiritually sick. Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. Often, sometimes someone's caught in an addiction or they're going through a difficult thing in their life or they feel shame and guilt or, who, or they're going through a type of suffering and they know they can't do it on them on their own. Often God sends us to those people in those times and he sends us with an invitation. So here's what happens. And the servants came, or I'm sorry, verse 22, and the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. So God, God wants a full party. He wants, he wants heaven to be full. And the master said to the servant, go to the highways and the hedges. That's the far off, far, far, far away places, okay? This is like saying, go to Yatkinville, go, go to Davie County. I mean, this is, this is go, go way out, okay? He's, he's saying, go to the places where, you, this would be where the Greeks and the barbarians 
and the Gentiles were. This is the places where people thought, oh, no, 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 those people won't come to Christ. Those people aren't invited by God to have a life with God. And so this, by the way, is the upside down, inside nature of the kingdom. The people who thought they were in, the religious leaders that Jesus uh, is sitting at dinner with, they're the ones who've rejected God's invitation with their lame excuses. And the people who thought they were out, they're in. By the way, this is why it says compel them and bring them in because people are not going to feel worthy and we're not worthy. God is a giver and a forgiver. He pays for the party. He invites us. Our call is to respond. Look, look at how it ends. It says this, for I tell you, this is verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Plot twist. Right? First plot twist is the people, you know, who were invited don't want to come anymore. Second plot twist, God goes after the needy, you know. And third plot twist, Jesus inserts himself in the parable at the end. Oftentimes, Jesus just tells parables and it's over. Here, he says, actually, guys, I'm talking about my banquet and I'm talking about I'm the one who's paying for it with my life, my death, and my resurrection. And I'm the one who invites. Remember, doesn't the Gospel of John come begin in John chapter 1 with an invitation, come and see. See, see. here's what I want us to know as we head toward our new home and hub. As we invite people to take their next step with God, never apologize and never be embarrassed about inviting people to take their next step. And realize that when, when you invite people to take their next step, whether it's to come to church, to do a Bible study, to have a spiritual conversation, um, to, to come to your house, whatever it is, realize that often your first invitation is going to be met with excuses. And so what you want to do is, you know, you want to, you, sometimes you move on to, to, to invite some other people. Sometimes you say with a person who's making an excuse, what would be the simplest and shortest next step that they could do that I could be a part of with them? By the way, this is why we've in the past given you the sit with me cards. It, it's basically saying, hey, would you take the small next step to come to church and I'll do it with you. I'm not going to ask you to do this alone. Every step of the way, I'm going to do it with you. Do you want to read the Bible? Let's read it together. You know, do you want to come to my house? I would love to have you over and I would love to cook dinner and provide for you and just have spiritual conversations and you can ask any questions. And so don't take it personal, address their barriers, reduce the friction if you can, and see what is the next step that they need to take and could you help them take it? Because here's what we know, and I'll close with this. We know that Christianity, the kingdom of God, okay, it comes with both a command and an invitation. This is how Jesus came. Jesus came and he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and, you know, enter the kingdom of God. Okay, well, that's that's obviously a command. You know, Jesus says in other places, if you do not repent, you will die in your sins. Okay, well, that was clear. Jesus will often command. But I think it's safe to say in the gospels, even more often Jesus comes with an invitation. Whether it's, are you hungry? I'm the bread of life. Or are you thirsty? Come to me, I'm the living waters. Or I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Or famously, anyone uh, who's weary and heavy laden, come to me and you will find rest for your souls. So guys, as we head into a new season um, in the life of our church, what we're asking is, what would it look like for everybody as they've been going and telling? That's what our one initiative was about. What would it look like for people to say, come and see what would it look like for at two cities church for us to have an invitational culture so i, I encourage you as we're going to be in this building next weekend to think is there one person who's far from god close to you who you say they're missing i need to invite them and also i think i'd be remiss not to end by saying 
in the midst of, yes, we're inviting other people to do things, as we're heading into just a new season in our church, what is God inviting you and your family to do? So often God invites us to do something, and if we're honest and we do it, we're very polite, we have lots of excuses. As we've often said here at Two Cities, you can make excuses or you can make progress. What does it look like for you to repent, address your excuses, and take the next step to what God's inviting you to do and be a part of? Guys, it's an exciting season. I'm excited to be back with you in person next weekend uh, for, for an incredible come and see experience in our new building. But let's end by praying together for the people in our lives that God's calling us to invite. Let's pray. Lord, I know our job is is not to create spiritual interest, but to discover it, Lord. And you have given so many of us so many different relationships. And would you give us eyes to see the spiritually needy in our city? Would we just in our homes and in our churches have a come and see mentality? It might be an invitation to come to a church service. It might be an invitation to read the Bible together. It might be an invitation uh, to, to come over our homes and just see our families and see what a Christian marriage and home looks like. Lord, would you would you help us to just keep having an invitational culture, Lord? And would you help us as we are in a season of transition, that each of us, as we prepare for what you have in store for us, we would be saying, what are you inviting us to do? And what are the excuses that we tend to make? And how can we repent of those to take our next step with you? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.